let's open our Bibles quickly to the book of Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17, we are reading from verses 8 to 13. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Perhaps you don't have your Bible with you, you can just join me to read together on the screen. Hallelujah. If you're there with me, let's read together one to go. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hor went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he laid down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Hallelujah. And the verse 12 says, And Moses' hand became heavy. Hallelujah. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and all supported his hand, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, the title of my sermon again this morning is Winning with God Part 2. Hallelujah. Winning with God Part 2. Hallelujah. Amen. If you recall, we started this month um, talking about that we'll, that we'll be exploring all throughout this month um, the power of relationships hallelujah and i've come to the understanding that whatever follows you in life whether good or bad is determined by the people you have in your life hallelujah whatever happens in your life whether good or bad is traceable to the people you have in your life hallelujah and it's a privilege when God is on your side. Hallelujah. Amen. It is a privilege when God is the one fighting your battles. The Bible says that what can separate us from the love of God shall it be tribulations or challenges. But it says in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Hallelujah. Amen. We are more than conquerors. For the sake of refreshing our minds, I remember in January, we started looking at the subject of destiny. Hallelujah. Destiny, in short, saying that, you know, that destiny is an assignment that is ordained by God for an individual to fulfill. Hallelujah. In other words, so long as there is breath in your lungs, so long as you are existing here on the earth, you are here on an assignment. Praise God. You are here for a unique assignment that God has ordained for you even before you were born for you to accomplish. Hallelujah. And I carried on to say that when it comes to the concept of victory, hallelujah, the concept of victory is something that is fundamental to our Christian experience. Hallelujah. When you talk about the essence of winning, the subject of winning, it is what? fundamental to the christian experience and i say this because when you look at the bible in the book of first john chapter 3 verse 8 the bible says clearly that what he that committed sin is of the devil 
It says, for the devil seen it from the beginning. And he says, it is for this purpose, it is for this reason, that the Son of God was made manifest, that what? He might destroy the works of the enemy. And so when you start the subject of victory, that you and I are able to live above sin, can only happen on the premise of what Jesus accomplished on the cross of Calvary for you and I. And so you understand that when we are talking about the subject of winning here, we have an enemy who is against my destiny and your destiny. I recall last week's Sunday, I said that the moment you align yourself with God, you are automatically a target for the kingdom of darkness. Praise the Lord. And that's why the Bible tells us clearly in the book of 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 9, it says that be well balanced always and alert because your enemy, the devil, he roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. And he says, take a decisive, a decisive step to stand against him and resist his every attack with your vigorous faith. Hallelujah. And so when you look at the subject of winning, it's a must that you and I win. Why? Because when you look at every aspect of our lives, we cannot but win if Jesus has conquered everything on the cross of Calvary for you and I. And so to start our conversation this morning, the very question is then, what does it mean to win with God? What does it mean to win with God? What does meaning with God mean? And the very first thing I said here is that what for us to understand the context of winning with God, we must first of all accept the fact that you and I have an enemy. Praise God. And if not for Christ, this enemy is stronger than you and I. Praise the Lord. Whether you like it or not, this enemy, aside from Christ, coming to die on the cross of Calvary for us, if not for God. Because the reality of it is that when you look at the Bible in the book of Exodus, the Bible says that what? The children of Israel were perpetually in bondage until they cried out to God and God sent a deliverer in the person of Moses. But the Moses in this context was making us understand that the same pattern prevailed all across creation. And someone was going to come in the order of Moses such that you and I would be able to have victory. And so whatever Moses represented of Israel is what Jesus represents to you and I. Praise God. And so we must accept that fact that what? There is an enemy. Praise God. However... The second thing we must acknowledge is the fact that regardless of this enemy, it's our covenant right to win. Praise the Lord. It is my right and your right as a Christian that what we are victorious in every aspect of our lives. I remember I shared last week's Sunday a scripture, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. It says that what? Blessed be God who causes us to triumph always. Praise God. Not sometimes, but what? Always. Now, some may be thinking, but if I'm a Christian, why am I experiencing challenges? Then you understand that what? There is something perhaps you are not yet understanding or working in the reality of it. And so whether it be in your health, in your finances, your academics, your career, whatever it is, it is your destiny to win. You know, as a matter of fact, the man of God said that what? It is not unspiritual for you to be challenged. And so when anybody tells you that as I'm a Christian, I'm going through challenges, it's not unspiritual. 
But what? It is against the covenant of God for you to experience defeat. I say it again. That for what? For you being a Christian, it is normal for you to go through challenges. However, even in those challenges, it is your covenant right not to experience defeat. Why? Because the Bible said that what? Whoever is born of God. So long as you are born of God, victory is your covenant right. When you understand the subject of covenant, you understand that God is a keeper of covenant. Just like it is between a husband and a wife. That the husband is in covenant with the wife not to break that covenant. The same principle applies in our dealings with God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the number three thing that you and I must acknowledge is the fact that what victory comes when we fight based on God's rules of engagement. Hallelujah. When you understand the military terms, there are certain things that are classed as the rules of engagement. In other words, for me to go into a battle, there are some certain things that I must subscribe myself to if God is going to intervene on my behalf. Am I making sense? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so here, I said that winning with God simply means what? It is, connotes the involvement of God in the battles of men. Remember I said that whether you like it or not, you have an enemy. And had Christ not come to die on the cross of Calvary, we would continually suffer perpetual defeat. Hallelujah. But thank be to God that what Jesus has now been made manifest, that what he should destroy the works of the devil. And so when you begin to scan through every aspect of your life, Everything that perhaps is not yet working in victory, Jesus has conquered it. And that is why you have come to church today. That you and I begin to capture God's idea of what it takes to win the battles of life. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So first and foremost, we must understand that when it comes to the subject of challenges, I want to agree that challenges are in two dimensions. Praise God. Dimensions in the sense that what your challenge is as physical as it is spiritual. Praise the Lord. There is what? A physical aspect of the challenge and there is a spiritual dimension to that same challenge. And I will explain and so I will use the scripture we read earlier on in the book of Exodus chapter 13 verse 8. And I will show you the physical side of things. Now, the Bible says that what Amalek, in other words, an enemy you could see, you can touch, was what came against and fought against Israel. And so, in order to confront that same physical challenge, the Bible said that and Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight against Amalek. Praise God. But it did not stop there. You see, the reality of it is what? It would be naive for you as a believer to think that your battles of life will be won based on physical efforts. Praise the Lord. It would be naive for you as a believer to think that the battles of life would be won only on physical efforts alone. 
Hallelujah. Because many a times we think, oh, as a result of this challenge, I need to do this and do this and do that. And by reason of doing such things, then I will secure my victory. But the Bible tells us clearly, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 2, it says that for the weapons of our warfare, they are not made with physical hands. That's what it means by the weapons of warfare are not carnal. But they are what? Mighty in God. In other words, if you want to fight the battles of life, you need God in the aspect of that particular life. Praise the Lord. That's why I said that what? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore, you need a superior power. I remember a scripture Jesus was speaking, and he says that what? In a house that there are what? Great spoils. But if you want to do away with those spoils, you must first and foremost bind the strong man. Praise the Lord. And for you to bind the strong man, a stronger man has to bind that strong man. And so for that reason, again I say that it will be naive of you to think that the battles of life will only be confronted by physical means. Hallelujah. And so we look at the spiritual angle of things. In that same passage, just as Moses told Joshua to go and confront the Amalek, physical aspect of it it says that what tomorrow i will stand on the top of the hill and with the rod of god in my hand now the question you will ask yourself is this why would you go to the mountain uh, praise god why would you go and stand after all the enemy you're not standing in the mountain to shoot arrows you're not standing in the mountain to to throw your darts at the enemy but you see for every spiritual for every physical battle there is a spiritual requirement praise god in other words for everything you are confronted with physically there is something you must do in the spiritual if you are going to win am i making sense because Moses understood this so well that he had to tell Joshua, yes. In other words, because many a times as Christians, we agree that what our battles are first and foremost spiritual. And so we focus on the spiritual but neglect the physical. Praise the Lord. So for example, you are going through delay or perpetual delay. And you know that the Bible said that what certain things cannot go by what prayer and fasting. And so you engage in prayer and fasting. You do midnight prayers. All those things, guess what? They are very, very good. But there is something you must do in the physical if you are going to what? Break those chains. Hallelujah. And so many a times we either focus on the physical and we neglect the spiritual or we focus on the spiritual and neglect the physical. But if we are going to win God's way, we must be majoring in the both. Because every problem you go through in life was first and foremost a spiritual battle. And so Moses told Joshua, while you go and confront the Amalek, Praise the Lord. While you go to confront them in the physical, Aaron and all and myself would go to the top of the hill and we would do things in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember we're talking about how to win with God or winning the battles of God or sorry, winning the battles of life with God involved in our battles. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible clearly tells us here, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. It says that, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And so, if we are going to fight spiritual battles, we must also engage spiritual means. Praise the Lord. And so we begin to explore what then does it mean or how then can we win with God? How then can we win with God? And I'll be using two portions of scripture in Judges chapter 6. Praise God and, and verse 7. Sorry, Judges 6 and Judges chapter 7. A very popular scripture. We understand the scripture of the story of Gideon. Praise the Lord. Because the story of Gideon, I want to believe, is similar to every one of us. The Bible says that God visited Gideon and Gideon said that, you know what, I'm not the one for this job. I praise the Lord. I'm not the right one for this job. How many are times that God has told you certain things you would do and you're saying, but God, how can I do this? I'm the least of all these people. When it comes to being qualified, I don't even have the qualifications to engage in it. But you must understand that when the God is fighting the battle, you are not the one fighting. Praise the Lord. You see, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, you must understand that God only needs you to engage in the physical side of things. And God will take care of the Spirit. And I will explain. The Bible tells us that in the book of Psalm 115, it says, I think it was in verse 16, it says that the heavens belong to the Lord and the earth he has given to the children of men. And so whether you like it or not, no matter how much God loves you and wants to intervene in your matters, he needs a physical representative of what he is going to do on the earth. Praise the Lord. This is the reason why God needs you and I. And so no matter how much you pray, oh Lord, do this and do that, until someone is willing to act on behalf of God, God remains limited. That is why the Bible said, that what I sought for a man. I'm not happy with the way things are, but if only there will be somebody who would do the spiritual aspect, which is to pray, then I will intervene in the matters of men. Hallelujah. And so you understand clearly here that what, when it comes to winning with God, there is something you and I must be doing that God will indeed intervene. And so number one is that what you and I must cry out. The Bible tells us in the book of Judges chapter 6, it says here that so Israel were greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you understand the context of this passage, you know, when we're praying this morning, we're saying that, you know, Lord, I will not labor and another man will inherit. That's exactly what was happening. Because the children of Israel would labor with their livestock, with their, um, with their farming and all those things. But however, whenever it was time for the harvest, the Bible tells us that what the Midianites would come and they would clear everything the children of Israel had done. And so for that reason, in frustration, the Bible said that what they cried out unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And so if you and I are going to win, then you must first and foremost be willing to cry for help. Despite the fact that Peter was sinking when Christ told him to walk on water, the Bible clearly tells us that what until he opened his mouth. Praise God. He said, Master, help me, for I am sinking. 
Praise the Lord. Many a times we love to keep silent as believers. How are things going? Everything is fantastic. Oh, glory to God. But guess what? Only those who are willing to cry out to God are those whom God is willing to help. That's why the statement says that if there is somebody who is willing to pray, there is a God that is always willing to answer. Praise the Lord. A man of God that I highly revere will say that what an a closed mouth is what? A closed destiny. There is every need for you to cry out to God in prayer. Hallelujah. Except you say, Lord, help me. Technically speaking, it's assumed that what you are doing all right. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number two is that what? You must what? Obey. Hallelujah. You must be what? Obey the instructions that God has given you. If you are going to win or if God is going to fight on your behalf to secure the victory that is yours, then you must be willing to obey. And I came to the conclusion that what every challenge traceable to mankind is as a result of disobedience. Praise the Lord. Every challenge anybody would go through that, that is known to man, first and foremost, is traceable to what? Disobedience. The Bible says in that same passage, Judges chapter 6 verse 10, it tells us clearly that what? And I am the Lord your God, and do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. It says, but you have not obeyed my voice. You have not obeyed my voice. This is why when challenges arise, the very first question you must ask yourself is, Lord, in what way have I disobeyed you? Hallelujah. Man would not have fallen had Adam and Eve not disobeyed the instructions that were given by God. Hallelujah. And so you understand that what? Challenges of life are traceable to what? Disobedience. Praise the Lord. Number three is that what you must walk in the consciousness of his presence. Hallelujah. This is where you and I must take deliberate efforts to convince ourselves that God is working for you. Praise the Lord. I made that statement some time ago that God is more willing to fight for you than the devil is willing to deceive you. Praise the Lord. God is more willing to fight for you than the devil is willing to deceive you. Why? Because what? God made an investment in you. The Bible said, what? I have loved you with an everlasting love. That even before you knew him, even before you became faithful, God remained faithful. And in that faithfulness was his love. Praise the Lord. So God is heavily invested in you. Hallelujah. I mean, you can imagine a child who is doing the wrong thing. Regardless of whatever the child is doing, there is a place of love for the child in the heart of the parents. Praise the Lord. And so even as much as that child is not doing what pleases the parents, that love cannot be tainted. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, you would ask every mother, you know, even the mother of a thief, would always say that is my child why because it took nine months to bear a child hallelujah and that cannot be written off 
Praise the name of the Lord. And so for that reason, you must understand that there is a need for you and I to be conscious of the presence of God. I love that passage that says that what? If God can be for me, if God can be for me in every aspect of our lives, God is, I mean, when you read through scriptures, little wonder Christ was always telling disciples, I would never leave nor forsake you. There was a reason to remind them. Why? Because as a result of the challenges of life, we tend to forget that God is with us. Hallelujah. As a result of how painful our experiences in life may be, we tend to neglect the fact that God is still with you. The Bible said that even when you pass through the fire, that what I will not forsake you. Praise the Lord. I will not forsake you. So regardless of how hot circumstances of life would be, what you are not forsaken, God is still with you. Praise the Lord. God is still with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Judges chapter 6 verse 16, it says, And the Lord said to him, He says, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Hallelujah. God is fighting for me. I need us to sink it into our consciousness. Regardless of what life is offering, God is for me. Praise the Lord. God is for me. And the only way you and I can be conscious of his presence is through meditation. Praise the Lord. The only way you and I can constantly walk in that consciousness. That's why the Bible says that what my son, he says what, attend to my words. There's a reason for you, God saying, attend to my words. He says, because the, if you guard them in your heart, there will be what life to them that find them and healing to all their flesh. Praise the Lord. That must be embedded into our consciousness. Hallelujah. Number four is that what? We must forsake every idol. What's an idol? Many a times we think, oh, perhaps it's a talisman that we have somewhere in our private places where we come to pay obedience to. But the reality of it is what? An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your heart. Praise the Lord. An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your heart. I'll give you a good example. Someone is battling to pay their school fees. Hallelujah. And someone has made a promise to you and said, don't worry, at the fullness of time, I would give you the required money. And so for that reason, you forsake God and kept all your expectations on that person. Guess what? I would not be surprised if they disappoint you. Why? The Bible says that what? Woe to them who make the arm of flesh their help. Praise the Lord. It says some trust in horses and chariots, but our trust would always remain what? In God. Hallelujah. And so if you are going to win with God, if God is going to fight for you, then you must be willing to what? Forsake the idols. For God to use Gideon to fight on the children of Israel, the Bible said that what? They had to destroy the temples of Baal by night. Because the Bible said that what? I am a gentleman. God, you cannot have any God before me. Hallelujah. And for many of us, there are certain things that my question would be then, what then is your idol? Because only you and God will know. 
Praise the Lord. Only you and God will know what are you putting your confidence in. Because if your confidence is not in God, I guarantee you that what? That particular thing would fail. Praise God. Because God says that what? I am the Lord. No man can take my glory. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number five. You must be willing to engage the Holy Spirit. You must be willing to engage the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that what? After Gideon had destroyed the temple of Baal, the Bible says that what? A new spirit. The Bible says, Judges chapter 6 verse 34. It says, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet and the Abazarite gathered behind him. You know, I will encourage us in your private places, go and read this chapter. Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7. The reason why you and I need the Holy Spirit is simple. Because the Holy Spirit will be giving you instructions that even to the normal mind, it does not make sense. Praise the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will be giving you instructions that even to your logical mind, it makes no sense. Now, the Bible said that, and God told Gideon, for you to fight against these people, all you need to do is to hold one trumpet in your hand, and what? A light on your hand. No, no sword. Praise the Lord. I mean, you're fighting thousands of armies. The logic would be that what? I'm sharpening my sword. I'm going with my spears, my arrows. But all they did was to hold the trumpet in their hand and the light of fire on the other hand. Because the Bible said that what? When God asked Gideon to blow the trumpet, all they did was to blow the trumpet and the enemies ran away. Praise the name of the Lord. And what are those strategies that God is telling us? A good example is this. When you read Judges chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says that what? Who shall go up and fight against the people of Amalek? The Bible says that what? And Judah shall go up first. What does Judah mean? You must what? Praise the name of the Lord. That is why sometimes when you go through challenges, your reaction is, oh, I'm finished. Oh, this is the end of my life. No. The strategy would be what? To first and foremost engage in praising the Lord. It makes no sense. Why should I praise God when things are going bad for me? But only the spiritual man will understand that this is the only way through which I involve God in the affairs of men. Hallelujah. And so you must be willing to engage the Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives us insight on the steps to take, the moves to make to ensure that you and I fulfill all that God has called us to do. And the last one is that what? You must select the right people. You see, the Bible, I, I, I love this passage so much. When you read Judges 7 verse 2, the Bible said that what? And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into thy hands. It says, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, by my own hands have I saved myself. And so you understand that if you are going to win the battle of life, or is God is going to win on your behalf, then you need people. That is why the very first instance, if you go back to the past, read earlier on, Exodus 13, the Bible said that 
Moses told Joshua, go now and select the people who would go and fight for you. The same thing applies to our lives. You are here on an assignment. Not everybody is on the same assignment as you. And so when you are choosing the people, you choose them based on your destination. And so for the next two Sundays, as, as, the, as the Lord will permit, we'll begin to look at the dimension, the other dimension of relationships. Because I remember we said the last Sunday that relationships are two-dimensional. One is vertical, in other words, is our, our dealings with God and men. But the, or the horizontal side of things is where we deal with our fellow people. And whether we like it or not, if you are going to make your mark on the earth, you need people. Praise the name of the Lord. If you are going to make your mark here on the earth, we need people. I will end up with Joshua in the scripture. Exodus 13 verse 12. The Bible said that what? And Moses' hand became heavy. Praise the name of the Lord. And Moses' hand became heavy. Many a times, yes, God has given you the assignment. It's a glorious one. But we want to run that assignment alone. But guess what? Whether you like it or not, at some point in time, your hands will become heavy. Praise the name of the Lord. Whether you like it or not, at some point in time, your hands will be heavy. And what would determine whether you would win that battle or not is the caliber of people who are by your side. Because there are some challenges that you would need people to hold your hands. There are times when you are going through so that even to pray, you are too weak to pray. But these are people who would hold up to ensure, because the Bible said that what? So long as Moses' hands were down, the Amalekites were prevailing. But so long as his hands were up, Israel prevailed against the Amalekites. And so if you are going to fulfill destiny, then you must begin to understand that you need people. Because these are the, not just anybody, but those whom the Lord would lead you to. Because they are the ones who would hold your hands when your hand... Be, it's a guarantee of life. Your hands at some point in time will be heavy. And guess what? If your hands are down, the enemy will continue to what? Prevail. But if you have people who would lift up your hands... Then you will advance over the enemy. Whether you like it or not, just according to this scripture, the battle was already won. Praise the Lord. And so for you and I, our battles of life is already won. Whenever God was speaking of Israel, he says, See, I have given your enemies into your hand. But guess what? Contend with them. Praise the name of the Lord. He said, I have given your enemies into your hands, but you must contend with them. It's in that place of contention that we need people. Hallelujah. And I trust that the Lord would help us in Jesus' mighty name. And so I will end with this statement. It says, the big news of the Bible is not that you fight for God, but that God fights for you. Praise the Lord. That's the good news. Regardless of whatever the challenge may be, the beauty of the thing is that what we have one source is the same God that will give the woman who needs a child, a child, is the same God that will provide the resources you need to pay your school fees. It's the same God that would heal you of your sick body. All you need to do first and foremost is to do what? Cry out. 
Let us bow our heads this afternoon, even as we begin to cry out unto the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. The Bible said that there was a challenge that was so gruesome in 2 Kings verse 27. And the king lamented and said, if the Lord does not help you, where can I bring help from? From the wine press or from the threshing floor? The Bible said that God is our ever-present help in time of need. But my brother and my sister, whether you're watching me online or on ground, the reality of it is that until you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you are not entitled to his help. Hallelujah. Because the Bible said that what I call to my sheep and they know my voice. For you to know the voice of God, you must first and foremost be a child of God. So if you're willing to make Christ your Lord and your personal Savior this morning, why don't you just say with me, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Grant me the privilege to walk in the realities of the new creation. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Everlasting Father God in heaven, I thank you for the privilege of speaking your word over your people. Your word that has come to build up, to correct Oh God in heaven, I ask that Lord for everyone who is going through one battle or the other. Father God in heaven, I ask that you would fight for them. Just like Moses said to the people of Israel, you need not fight in this battle. Only but stand and see the salvation of the Lord. My Lord and my God in heaven, I ask, oh God, that Lord you would bless them. Father, you would bless them. And your name be glorified, O God, in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.